Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap operas, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. It's the first one of June 2011. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. In just a few moments, daytime legend Eileen Fulton will return for her second go-round here on Soap Central Live. She's taking her cabaret act on the road, and she'll talk all about that. Plus, she's going to appear in My Fair Lady next month in Connecticut. Then later in the hour, I'll be taking your calls to see how you think your favorite soap fared during the May Sweeps period. Was it a hit? Was it a miss? Uh, was it something in between? Well, we'll find all about that. So get your dialing finger ready, and you can call into 866-472-5788 so that we can chat all about that. Plus, the expert predictions are in. This year's SoapCentral.com Emmy Predictions panel has weighed in with who they think will win a daytime Emmy this year. Two of the experts will be chatting with me to explain why they voted the way they did. One guest is a daytime enthusiast, and the other is someone who's not a soap opera viewer. It should make for... A very interesting discussion. But let's get on to my first guest. In 2005, the Daytime Emmys bestowed its Lifetime Achievement Award on my first guest. And if you check out her cabaret show, Blame It on My Youth, you'll learn that Eileen Fulton has indeed done a lot of living. Even though As the World Turns is off the air, Eileen is still keeping busy. And she's going to tell us today what she's been up to. So Eileen, welcome back to Soap Central Live. It's good to be here. Everyone loved your last visit here on the show, so it's so great to have you back. And we have to do a, a little bit of catching up because a whole lot of stuff has happened since you were here. First, the medical file. I think the last time you were here, you'd broken your toe. How's your foot feeling? <laughs> I, I, I'd forgotten about that. I've, I've had one or two other things happen since then. Uh-oh. Well, that's not... <laughs> we don't. I didn't want to hear that. I, was, I wanted to hear that your toe was fine and everything else was good. Oh, gosh. My toe is perfect. Good. And everything else, I hope, will be is fine as well. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. Well, As the World Turns, as I mentioned, it has been nominated for four daytime Emmys this year. Three actors have received nominations. The show's been nominated for Outstanding Writing for the final series. I'm curious, four nominations, is that more or less than you expected the show to get? I, I didn't even know we were going to get anything, so I think it's terrific. I think it's great. It's just once the show was over, I didn't think about that. So I was we, delighted, especially to hear that Colleen has been nominated. 
I was just going to ask this. Uh, it seems to be that this nomination means more to her from reading her on, on Twitter and what she said that this really seems to be important to her this year. So I'd imagine as, as someone who worked with her, uh, you must also feel very proud that she's been recognized. I am thrilled and delighted. And I, I hope she gets it because she really is a trooper. <laughs> Uh, definitely. And the other two folks who are nominated, uh, Michael Park and oh. Julie Pinson, they uh, yes. both were winners last year. and They've both been nominated again this year. Well, and I certainly hope that they get it this year, too. Uh, I just saw Mike and Michael in um, um, a Broadway show. I keep wanting to say the wrong name. Let me see. Um, oh, I can't think of it. I'm so... Uh, jet lag, uh, not, oh, how to succeed. Yeah, how to, exact, yes. Hey, he's wonderful. <laughs> I, I know that that was in, uh, it was in New York, correct? Yes, indeed. And, uh, is he still doing that now, or is he, has his run ended, that, uh, as far as you know? I, I think they just opened. He's terrific. Right. We'll uh, make sure that we pass along that information so folks out there can check it out because I know that even though As the World Turns is, is no longer there, the fans still support everything that you guys have done. Yes, they do. They're wonderful. Now, one of the other things that's happened since you were last here is ABC announced that it would be canceling All My Children and One Life to Live. So now we have two more soaps that have been around for such a long time and they're going to be leaving us. What's your reaction to this? What's going on here that, that they're taking the soaps away from us? I don't know. I think it's sad. Uh, everybody needs a good story. And um, I just think that things have changed very quickly. I think the networks really have not been able to support the shows. It, it's money, I suppose. It bears the question, something that I've always asked. Should everything be about money? I mean, I know it's a business, but where do you draw the line between uh, saying it's about money and that, you know, these are quality shows that should be supported? I think that we're losing a lot of quality uh, shows and, well, and a lot of things, just in the arts. Uh Thank goodness for jazz and for the uh, classical music. Thank goodness for that. It does seem that whenever the money is an issue, it's always the arts that suffer, whether it be in school or whether it be on television. So uh, why do you think it is that, uh, I guess as a society, we don't seem to put too much stock in the creativity in the arts in fostering this? I think that is a very dangerous thing, and especially arts in the schools. Um, it's an outlet. It's a way to express yourself. It's, um, it's very important for kids of all ages to be able to have a road to, a road of expression. And what a shame not to have that. And I think that, uh, I know we want to keep up with the science and all of the other things. Yeah. But don't forget 
the arts because that is the heart of the human being. It is, you know, I'm I'm just thinking here about uh, you see commercials on television now, uh, you know, asking people to support music in yeah. in the schools because there there aren't. There isn't money to go around for instruments or, you know, they're, they're cutting after school sports program. And it just seems that at some point we're going to come to a point where all we're doing is, is watching reality television and, and, and doing things that don't really require any sort of uh, mental process. <laughs> isn't that a shame? I think uh, maybe it started back a while um, with... I don't want to bite the hand that fed me, but with too much television, everybody look, every, your story, your characters, it's all there for you. I think reading a good book is a great thing because then your characters look the way you want. Everything looks the way you want it as the reader. Uh, we need this. That's a really good point. I, I guess I, I didn't think about it that way, but you are right. When you read a book, you have everything in your mind, which is why I think a lot of people are upset when the movie versions of books come out because it's nothing like <laughs> it's nothing like what they saw in their head. That is so true. One of the other things that uh, I think is up to the way that everyone uh, defines it, I refer to you as a legend, and so many other people will use that same word. I'm curious for you. What does it feel like? What does it mean to you when someone says that you are a legendary actress? <laughs> well, of course, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's flattering. I think it's wonderful. And it means that the hard work I have done for the last 50 years uh, is paying off in a way. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm very grateful. Is it pressure? <laughs> is it what? Is there pressure involved? Do you feel as though you have to uh, hold up to a legendary status? No. <laughs> no, that's past. Okay, good. <laughs> I guess you, you, you've got the... It's done. You've got the Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I guess that's... Uh, you can do whatever you want now. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. <laughs> um, and that was fun to get that. It really was. Well, I mentioned you can do whatever it is that you want to do, and you'd mentioned that you're uh, a little jet lagged. It's because you're on the other coast from me right now. You're in San Francisco, gearing up for your cabaret show. That's right. That's I'd right. Have, I'm, I'd have uh, to imagine I'm you've been to San Francisco before. Show. We're doing it on Sunday for Sunday. a matinee. Um, I'm looking forward to this. It's the the Raz Room, and. Uh, a gorgeous room, and I'm really looking forward. I've never been to this room, so uh, I'll check it out tonight. But you've been to San Francisco before, I'd imagine. Oh, yes, many times. So many people say that it's one of the most beautiful cities in America. Would you agree with that? Oh, I, I certainly would. It is a gorgeous... We have many gorgeous cities in this country, but uh, it is unique. I've never seen so many hills <laughs> and, <laughs> and charm. It's just charming. And the people are wonderful. The, the people who you, you mentioned who are wonderful, they, they follow you around no matter where you go. It isn't just San Francisco. I know that you were in New Hope in 
uh, April. Uh, I was going to say That's last true. month, but we're in June already. And I heard from for folks who were able to go and they enjoyed themselves. So how did, from you, what is your opinion? How did it go in New Hope? Oh, it was wonderful. I've done New Hope many times. I, I don't know, 10 or 11 times. Uh, but this was the first time I had been to this particular venue. I think it was new. Um, because the place where we performed before was Odette's, and Odette's mm-hmm. is now more or less underwater. Wow. Yeah, you were at, uh, it was Bob Egan's in New Hope. Yes, yeah. and this is his club, too. And it's it's a lovely room. Um, well, I, I love singing there. I love New Hope as well. So uh, with that show under your belt, you're going to have another one coming up on Sunday that everyone in the San Francisco area should check out. Are there plans to go to uh, anywhere between the two coasts with your with your cabaret show? Well, I would love to do that. I don't know just yet. We're just waiting to see. But I certainly hope so because we do have a fun show. I think that means that if you are out there listening and you're not somewhere here on the East Coast, so you're not near San Francisco, maybe go over to uh, Eileen's Facebook page and let her know where you're at and that you'd like to see her in her area so she can, you can maybe find out where the, where the folks are concentrated and, and possibly uh, find a way to go and visit some folks. That would be great. It really would. And one of the other things, it's back here on the East Coast, but you're going to appear in July for, I, I guess, uh, 10 days or so as Mrs. Higgins in My Fair Lady at the Connecticut Repertory Theater. Yes. Isn't that great? <laughs> I'm thrilled. There, there, I, was, I was looking at it and with, with Terrence Mann, and it's going to be at the University of Connecticut. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be... A lot of fun. Are you looking forward to being back on stage again? Oh, my. I love being... Well, yes. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I've done a lot of cabaret, is being on stage and having the audience right there. It's a, almost a one-on-one performance for me. Yeah. Oh, but on stage, to do a character, that'll be different, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you've, you've appeared in, oh gosh, The Fantastics and uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Is this the first time that you'll be performing My Fair Lady? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's the first time. So well, let's, let's go into, can you uh, give a little bit of information about the story? I don't want to admit that I'm not too familiar with it, so hopefully there are other folks out there who uh, maybe are like me and maybe need a little bit of a, 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 an informational and a brush up here. What is the story behind My Fair Lady? Uh, oh, it's the story of Pygmalion. It's the story of uh, the little street girl, the flower vendor, and uh, Mr. Higgins, who uh, Henry Higgins, who feels that he could make this little waif speak correctly and he could make a princess almost out of her and so he has a wager with somebody and he takes in the little girl not not little girl the young woman and um, she catches on and she is gorgeous and beautiful and as Mrs. Higgins I have two major scenes with her where uh, I find out how rude and terrible my son has been to her he's just he treats her like she's 
uh, a pet of some kind and then dismisses her. And uh, I find it a lot of fun because Mrs. Higgins (laughs) is very disappointed in her son. Okay. That sounds like that's setting the stage between you and Terrence Mann. I make it sound like it's about me, and it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We we certainly can make it about you. you uh, you've you done enough in, with daytime and whatnot that we can certainly make this all about you. <laughs> Thank you. Because if it's not about you, it's going to have to be about me, and I'm not in it, so that doesn't, oh, do, that, that doesn't do anybody any good. <laughs> Uh, let me. See. I'm trying to look to see if there's anything else that I wanted to make sure that uh, I talked about. Uh, I did see there is a song that you perform in your cabaret show that has a, a very interesting title. It's called "As the World Turns." No, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> I have done many years ago a song called "As the World Turns" that was written for me. But when I do "As the World Turns" in this particular show. Uh, it's done with a lot of PowerPoint, with a lot of different pictures, old uh, pictures from the show. And I tell funny things about it. Hopefully it's funny. I'm sure that it is. I'm sure after being with, uh, with the show for so long, there has to be uh, at least, I would think, one or two funny stories in all of that time. Just, a, just one or two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to tell you, it is so much fun chatting with you. Uh, I'm so glad that you were able to make it here today so that we can get people to come out and see you in San Francisco. And I'm going to have all of the information and all of the ticketing information and the phone numbers and and where everyone can go to make sure that they come out and check you out while you're there in San Francisco. And ask them to please say hello afterwards. Oh, hey, now that uh, folks know that, that's an even uh, extra added benefit that, uh, that they'll get a chance to chat with you. Oh, I love it. Well, there you go, everybody. You can not only check out the amazing cabaret performance, but if you stick around afterwards, you can actually talk to Eileen. I think that it's a, it's a win-win situation for everybody involved. Especially for me. <laughs> well, great. Eileen, I hope that uh, you will keep us in mind here on Soap Central Live that when you're going to your next performances and keeping busy, that you'll drop by again and let us know where you're going to be. It would be my pleasure. That would be wonderful for me and for everyone else, too. So, Eileen, thank you so much for taking part in today's show. Thank you. It's been such fun. And for everybody else out there, stay tuned. We're going to talk Emmy predictions, and I will be taking your phone calls so you can talk about how your favorite soap did during May sweeps. So stay tuned for more of Soap Central Live in just about two minutes. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. 
Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Of course, I want to again thank Eileen Fulton for dropping by in the last segment. And hopefully, if you're in the San Francisco area, you'll be able to check her out at her cabaret show. And if you're not and you're over here on the East Coast, don't forget that you can go to the University of Connecticut and check her out in My Fair Lady. All of that information is available on SoapCentral.com and on our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash SoapCentral. You'll also have a link to find out where... Eileen's official Facebook pages, and you can send her messages there. And again, as I'd mentioned, let her know where you're at in the country and that you want to see her come to your area, and hopefully she can make your wishes come true. Now, a lot of people may wish for a daytime Emmy, but not everybody has a chance to win one. Certainly, even fewer people uh, have a chance to be nominated. And every year, a panel of soap experts weighs in with their picks on who they think will take home a daytime Emmy. I just so happen to be part of that panel. And some years, we are amazing. And then there are other years where we don't do quite as well. But we still plug away and watch our soaps and try to pick who we think will win that Emmy. And this year's prediction list has just been posted over at SoapCentral.com slash Emmys. And today I've got a few of my co-panelists on deck who are going to talk about why they picked who they picked. First up is going to be a first-time predictor, if that is the correct term. <laughs> it's Teddy. Teddy, welcome to Soap Central Live. Well, hi, Dan. Uh, thanks. 
So first time making predictions, was there any hesitance on your side about uh, you know, putting yourself out there to try to pick who's going to win these Emmys? No, no, I wasn't hesitant at all about making the selections. The only thing was it was kind of tough at times to pick one, you know, because uh, everybody's so good. It's like trying to pick one out of all these great performances, and that was difficult. Well, let's do the the easy segue since we just had the wonderful Eileen Fulton on. Uh, Your pick for outstanding writing series, uh, writing in a drama series, was As the World Turns. Oh, absolutely! I thought that was a a really a terrific final show, and I mean the As the World Turns fans, which I was one, and my mother too. uh, We needed closure, and that was really a well written show that gave all the fans, a lot of closure, because just about almost everybody had a happy ending, and then it finished brilliantly with Bob, you know, I mean, he was the one that needed to finish it since, you know, Nancy was no longer with us, I mean, everybody had hoped that she could last long enough to finish that, you know, finish the show, but it didn't happen, so, so, but it was just a well-written episode. Do you think that there's any part of you that's being sentimental uh, in your, in your voting and saying, you know what, uh, I really want As the World Turns to win this because it's the last time that it will ever have a chance to win. Oh, I'm sure that, that yeah, that was probably a part of it, but it was well written, too. So it wasn't just that because, you know, I, I kind of looked at them all, and, and I, I did feel that this was the best written one. Uh, did you have, uh, I'm looking to see who else uh, in your predictions here. Uh, I also see that you liked Bold and the Beautiful with their... Uh, episodes that they filmed on Skid Row in Los Angeles. Right. Yes, I did. And I I think that uh, I was looking at the writing part, though. I mean, I just thought that as far as the writing went, that As the World Turns should win for writing this year. Uh, we'll get back to The Bold and the Beautiful in a bit when we talk about Outstanding Drama Series. There's a, a preview for everybody. But let's, uh, I guess, work our way up and okay. do Younger Actor and Younger Actress. Okay. Uh, I will let folks know that you picked the same two that I picked. You picked Scott Clifton from The Bold and the Beautiful and Lexi Ainsworth from General Hospital, who I thought would win an Emmy when her abuse storyline was actually playing out. I I predicted that she would not only be nominated, but she would win. And here you are agreeing with me, saying that she deserves to take home an Emmy. Right. And I don't watch General Hospital at this time. I just went through and I watched the clips. And of the three performances, I was most impressed by hers. I think that, you know, this is what soaps do and what they do well and what you don't necessarily get out of the talk shows that they're, they're pushing on everybody. Is this, these are characters that people relate to. Maybe not so much as real-life people who come on because they have no, they have no history with real-life character or real-life people on these talk shows. But... A, a character, fans sort of, they feel something for. So when you see this character being abused, it resonates with fans. Right, and it's a difficult subject, too. And so, and she's young, and so for her to, to her acting was just terrific, and what, which, and what was a to- tough storyline. And so that made it all that more, much more impressive. I mean, it was just, it was, I thought it was terrific. And, um, and, of course, Nancy Lee Gron, her mother, I mean, I thought they just did a brilliant job together. And uh, I, I, I'm just so impressed by her. I thought that the, the scenes that you mentioned there, I really thought it was so touching to see 
mother and daughter both wiping the tears from each other's eyes. That uh, sort of tugged at my uh, at my heartstrings. I agree. Uh, yeah, totally. It, it was just, it was just great. I mean, I really didn't have any hesitation about picking her at all. I mean, I I, I do watch. I mean, I've always loved Jana, you know, on Young and the Restless. But yeah, when I watched the clips, I was just, you know, to me, it wasn't even that difficult of a choice. It was also. Uh, Emily O'Brien's scenes were also really, really short. And I I always think that sometimes if you don't watch the show because you're supposed to vote strictly on one particular episode, if you don't watch, you have no idea who these crazy people are that are trying to, you know, put this woman in a crate. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah, that kind of hurt her, too, I think. And, yeah, her her scenes were very short. So, yeah, it, it wasn't, it just... Yeah, it's a shame. Maybe she could have sent in something else. But then again, maybe she wouldn't have been nominated. So, you know. See, that's the balancing act. That's yep. the balancing act that I go through. So let's go to the other younger performer. And you picked Scott Clifton, who has yeah. been, I believe this is maybe his fifth nomination. Uh, he hasn't yet won, but I kind of think that this might be his year because he, he picked some really good material. Right. And, uh, yeah, I agree. And I saw it. And uh, Bold and Beautiful, for some reason, I couldn't find the clips to watch them. But luckily, I'd seen it originally when it was first, or when they were first aired. And I thought he did a terrific job. Uh, and the storyline was a good one. I mean, he and Thorne, they, he wanted to be Thorne's son. Thorne wanted him to be his son. And, and it didn't Bill happen. Not. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. And I thought, and once they found out, of course, that he was Bill's son, well, you know, the acting was just really great. And I thought he. He did very well against some very experienced actors. Of course, he's experienced himself, but I, I just feel that this year is his year. Well, if you're feeling that it, this is finally his year, it, you also feel the same way for Brie Williamson, who plays Jess and Tess and Bess and Wes and all <laughs> kinds of other people on One Life to Live. I know, I know. She, I know her, her characters are crazy. Uh, the clip, though, however, really was Jessica with Brody, and I believe mm-hmm. she was telling Brody that the baby was not his, and at least uh, they didn't keep that dragon out forever, so that was good. But um, and, but mainly the reason why I picked Bree was because, I mean, she's just so talented, and she's been nominated three years in a row, deservedly. It's just I thought she should have won two years ago, and she was robbed because that was all her, her acting was brilliant and, and uh, you know two years ago when Nash died. And uh, I thought yeah. was, that her submission last year was great. This one I didn't think was as good as those. But, yeah, it's like, come on, the poor girl, she's such a great actress. It just it seems to me like she should be able to win, for heaven's sakes. You know, say what you will about whether or not you can suspend belief and, and, and see this one person as three other alters. I have to say that... Brie Williamson does something, and she must have uh, sort of inherited it, I guess, from Erica Slezak. Both of them do the alters so well where I'm willing to maybe suspend my my disbelief for just a minute and really, really enjoy watching them uh, perform. Oh, they are. They're both so talented and they're so terrific. And they're just, they're, they're fun to watch. In fact, I think Erica Slezak just, in fact, I know I don't want to say it, but about a month ago, she just, did, they brought her alters back for one episode. And I was there like, wow, I mean, she might be nominated <laughs> again next year because of that one episode where she, they brought all her alters back and they were arguing about, you know, amongst each other. And it was a really terrific episode. She is just so talented. I actually, I thought so too. I thought that, 
uh, it was a nice way to pay tribute to someone who's been on a show for, for 40 years. Right. So let me go over to the supporting actor very quickly before okay. we bring on another caller who uh, may disagree with some of your predictions. <laughs> but he, he, you picked uh, Billy J. Miller uh -huh. to repeat as winner. He won last year for his work as Billy mm -hmm. on The Young and the Restless, and you're saying he's going to do it again. Yeah, and I know I'm in the minority, and this was the toughest category for me because actually I was first going with Jonathan Jackson. I really was. Then my mother reminded me that Billy was in the category, and you know that supporting actor category too. I was like, oh no, crud, you know. So then I went back and I looked at the clips, you know, even though I'd seen the one before. And actually, I'd seen Jonathan Jackson's before. I, I reviewed it again because I went in. I'd heard he did such a great job. I actually went in and watched it, you know, General Hospital for that. Of uh, those couple episodes or whatever it was, and I thought he was so great, and so this was the toughest category for me. And I watched him again, and I, I was just looking at the range of what Billy did, and and what in that episode where he went from being disappointed to to trying to to uh, comfort and cheer up Victoria when they got home because you know she just lost the baby, and then he went over, he found out Victor had played a part of it, and so he was angry and he was yelling at Victor, and then he went back home and he was just trying to. He hugged her and just held on to her. I mean, it's just a, a lot of range there. So that's why I, I selected him over Jonathan, although I won't be surprised if Jonathan wins, believe me. <laughs> well, let me now uh, introduce our next guest. Okay. She is someone who, as strange as it sounds, probably knows uh, just as much about soaps as you and I do, but yet she's never watched an episode of a soap opera. So uh, yes, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there wondering, well, how in the world is that possible? So let me welcome in Lisa to today's show, and she will explain how it's possible to know about the soaps and not watch them. Lisa, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you. So oh, how is it that you know about all these soaps and you don't watch them? I read about them for you every day. <laughs> you are, of course, you are our recap editor on SoapCentral.com, and you are a wonderful part of the team, and we're almost willing to overlook the fact that you don't watch the soaps. <laughs> we almost, all have I our say. shortcomings. Now, Lisa, we just had Teddy tell us that she picked Billy Miller to win Supporting Actor, and you also picked Billy, but it seems to me that you might have a little bit of a thing for Billy Miller. No, I don't know who he is as an actor, but I love his character. Okay, I thought maybe you were you were taken by his uh, by his photo here on the website. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the photo doesn't really do much one way or another because I think if you see them on the screen, they don't always look the same. That's a very good point. I actually, I. I hadn't thought about that how about uh i have to ask you teddy really quickly mm -hmm. um any of these uh nominees that you picked to win that maybe have a you know a special eye candy place for you uh, uh that actually probably be billy because he is a nice looking guy i have to admit that didn't cloud your uh your voting did it Oh, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> it, it really didn't because, like I said, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, I was, even though I was leaning towards Johnson Jackson, it was really the performances. Now, I want to rewind quickly, too, uh, since we had talked about younger actress, and uh, we also talked about the supporting actress. Lisa, you actually have some uh, personal 
uh, hands-on experience in dealing or knowing about what we talked about with these altars. And how do you think the soaps do, Lisa, with showing dissociative identity disorder? Does it come across as believable to you or? No. (laughs) No, not at all? No, no, it really doesn't. But, you know, I just have it. I think the way I would view it wouldn't be very entertaining to watch. So, and and I don't watch it. I only read about it. So there might be a difference there too. So you don't think that, uh, you know, having uh, a wild, frisky, slutty <laughs> altar is, uh, is necessarily going to happen in the real world. It, it might, it, it's exceedingly rare, but I suppose it could happen. I, just don't see it as terribly believable myself. So, I have to tell you, I think that there might be some people listening who uh, will be very upset if you say no. They're going to have to sort of uh, rationalize their behavior now <laughs> if they've been blaming it on an alternate personality. There are lots of things they can blame it on, though. So they've, they've still got many options. They can blame it on the cancellation of soaps if they'd like. Oh, Absolutely. And one of the other things we were talking about, uh, Teddy and I were, were sharing our thoughts on Lexi Ainsworth in the younger actress category going through uh, abuse at the hands of her boyfriend. And unfortunately, that is something that happens far too often in the real world. Yes, it does. Did the, from what you read, did that, did the storyline strike you as, as something that could be encountered in the real world where a a young woman maybe lies about who is abusing her? Absolutely. That that story rang more true than a lot of what I read because um, it is a lot of times most women, young girls are abused before they'll ever seek help. They lie about it. They blame themselves. They do a lot of things to make it seem like it's not really the boyfriend's fault and that if they did everything right, it would all work out. I want to skip ahead, too, and and then we'll go back to discussing some of the other categories uh, with Teddy. But I want to get your thoughts on you have experienced a lot of uh, evil twins and back from the deads and characters whose names have to be put in quotation marks because they're not really who they think they are. But the Bold and the Beautiful this year, or last year, rather, did something that really hasn't been done in daytime before, and they took a real-world look at some of the uh, some of the things that people have to deal with, which is homelessness, which is not knowing where you may get your, your next meal from. Did that surprise you, uh, knowing that, that, that soaps are about the love and the drama, to see that there was something very, very real being shown on the soaps? I actually thought that was absolutely wonderful. Um, that's one of the issues that I'm passionate about. It's one of the um, areas I've worked in before. I really do think that uh, a lot of times you see the glamour on the soaps and you don't see a lot of the real life challenges that a lot of people face. And I thought that was wonderful. Now, I do have to say for folks who have been following your predictions for, oh gosh, you've been making predictions since 2001. They were terrible then. I went back and read well, them. I, I guess um, they're still terrible. I don't pretend that I know what the actors are like, but 
I had no idea what was going on in any soaps back then, and now I do know what's going on in all of them. So, does it surprise so you? Did you? I mean, did you ever think that there would come a time where you would know the difference between Erica Kane and uh, Nikki Newman? I never imagined I would know as much as I do. So this is, I guess, the the question that everyone who is a soap fan wants to know. Do you think you're a better person now for knowing uh, what you do about this uh, art form that we call the soap opera? I think in some ways, yes, because I can understand. Um, you know, there, there are storylines that even I, when I'm just reading about them and not watching them, want resolution for. And I can understand um, because I can talk to a lot more people when they ask what I do and I say I edit for you. It's amazing how many people watch soap operas or have watched soap operas and they can talk to me about it and I can actually converse with them and we have some topic of conversation that's available. So well, yes, the topic, yeah, I, I'm glad. I think that that, <laughs> that maybe, uh, I don't necessarily know that anybody was looking for, for uh, uh, sort of making the vindicated and watching the soaps, but I do have to bring up, and I don't know that Teddy knows this, so uh, Teddy might be loving to hear this. But when you first started making predictions, I understand that you, you know, put pieces of paper in a hat and threw them down the steps, and whoever went the furthest. Four was my most creative year. Yes, I I used binder clips, I think, or paper clips, and I threw things down the stairs. I tossed them in the air and saw which went furthest. I had my pets help me. <laughs> okay. And how did you do in 2004? I don't recall how I did. Um, you I went think I did one, well. You I'm went one for eight, which I have to, I'll be honest Wasn't about this. was my worst year. Well, uh, in that same year that you threw paper clips down the steps and got one right, uh, I watched all of the clips and I didn't correctly pick any of the winners. <laughs> You weren't I, even Teddy's laughing at that. Wow, you're not supposed to laugh at me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm not going to get any right this time. So you know. Well, I, I have done better. Uh, last year I didn't do so bad, uh, so badly. Let me see. How did you do? Uh, since we can't talk about Teddy's past performance because Teddy hasn't. I think I was uh, two for eight last year. You were two for eight last year, two for eight the year before, and you went three for eight twice. So sometimes I think that that proves that it doesn't matter if you watch these episodes or not, you can still pick a winner. Yeah, yeah some, something to be said for random once in a while. Well, I appreciate you uh, popping by, Lisa, to share your, uh, your thoughts on some of these categories. We're going to finish up with, uh, with some of Teddy's picks, but hopefully we'll be hearing from you again and maybe you'll come back to do a, a victory dance if you get them all right this year. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Teddy, you're back on the hot seat. Okay. I am going to look at, uh, let's do Outstanding Lead Actor and Lead Actress, and you have picked previous winners. You've mm -hmm. picked Michael, Michael Park to repeat as lead actor, right. and you have picked the amazing Susan Flannery, who I don't think she's done anything that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, you picked her to win her you know, 3,000th Emmy. Yeah, <laughs> right. So let me, uh, since we talked a little bit about the homelessness storyline now, uh, what about Susan Flannery's performance in those scenes on Skid Row really captured your attention? Well, when I was watching that, uh, the two episodes in October, um, I was just, like, 
in awe. I was there like, well, wow, this is just terrific. I mean, um, I thought the storyline was great, and, um, and her performance. And it's because, you know, the way she did it, it wasn't, like, it wasn't so out there. And, and I mean, it, it was realistic, and I guess that, that's what made it so great. And then it introduced the character Daisy, and she did a good job. And it's because uh, her character, you know, Susan Flannery's character, Stephanie, you know, she's rich and she has all this money, which she forgets about all these people that are homeless, and then she thinks these thoughts, what's well, because they're on drugs and all that, and then come to find out, she found out that it wasn't true. It wasn't, not everybody is homeless because they're on drugs or, or mentally ill or whatever, you know, and it, it just made it, and I thought she did a brilliant job with it. That's what I liked about it. There are two things. One, when you bring in a new character, uh, particularly from an, an actor that, fans don't know. It, it wasn't like anyone had known Crystal and Lloyd from other programming. That's a, a big risk right. to to have that and to share with, with Susan Flannery. I mean, come on, that's sort of crazy. Uh, that can be dangerous. Right. But what, what I like that you mentioned is that it really was believable. Every time Stephanie would sort of have a, a, an epiphany, she would go back and say something like, okay, you know, where are your drugs? Or when she found the baby, her first thoughts were, okay, this is a, a young black girl. She must, it must be her baby. Right. And the look, the look on her face when she found out that it wasn't Daisy's baby, uh, you know, you could see she's like, wow, okay, so maybe I'm a bit of a jerk. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I like that. I thought that that really struck me as, as believable. Right, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I thought she just did a, a great job with with what she was given, and, and she made it so believable. I mean, it's like, yeah, this rich uh, lady's being taken down a couple notches. Hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe the way I'm thinking isn't always right. So I just thought it was terrific. I also thought, since you were speaking of things that are terrific, I also liked Michael Park's submission. I thought that for fans of As the World Turns, the the scenes between Jack and Carly really meant a lot. I don't know how that will resonate with voters who may not know what's going on on the soaps, but uh, you know, I thought he put in a really good performance. And even though I didn't pick uh, Michael Park to win, uh, people can find out who I, I picked by checking out the website. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. Yeah, and um, yeah, I didn't really look at it that way. I mean, I read what you what you wrote after I did my selections, of course. But I didn't think about that, where people may not know what's going on. I was just looking at the, the scene itself. I mean, I am not a Jack and Carly fan. I never was, excuse me, by, at, at the time. I was not a Jack and Carly fan. But the submission was just great. I mean, he looked like a, I mean, they were at their special place, and he looked like he was really trying to find his way to his lost love. And, and the way he looked at Carly, it was just like, wow. So that's why I picked him again, because of the way, his, his, the way he acted, you know, as a guy that was trying to find his lost love. We are just about out of time for the, for the show, but of okay. all of these eight picks that you've made, mm -hmm. I'm curious, Teddy, which is the one that you are most uh, definitive about? Which of your eight picks would you say up, down, left, right is going to win? Oh, now you mean of just the acting? Uh, of that, of, of drama series, of directing or writing, which of, of your, I'm of your picks? I'm confident about the drama series. When I, I picked Bold and the Beautiful for the Skid Row episodes, and I'm most confident about that, actually. The other ones I, I'm a little nervous about. 
I don't think I'm confident about any. Yeah, okay, you had me there. <laughs> I, I, I never know. Uh, I did pick Jonathan Jackson, which we talked about, and, and I'll reveal my picks uh, coming up in two weeks on our special Emmy preview show. Uh, but just as a preview to that, uh, I really think that that he has a chance because he was 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 sort of amazing. But oh, uh, I'll get more on that. Uh, Teddy, I want to thank you for dropping by and well, thank sharing you. This was your fun. picks. Well, we'll have to have you back again. Maybe you can do a victory dance when. Oh, okay. Uh, well, maybe, if, maybe not. I'll, I'll be crossing <laughs> my fingers. Come daytime Emmy night. <laughs> we'll see what happens, and we will uh, touch base. And of course, uh, folks can also check out your recap today for One Life to Live over That's on. True. Uh, it's done, Social and I've done it so. Thank you so much, Teddy. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Absolutely. Everybody out there, since we are still talking about Emmys, remember that Martha Byrne will be hitting the red carpet at this year's Daytime Emmys with me and the rest of the SoapCentral.com team and the Voice America team. We're going to be getting all of the must-see interviews with your favorite soap stars, and there will also be some fun things that I can promise you you will not see anywhere else except, of course, on SoapCentral.com. And I'm giving all of you out there a chance to be on the red carpet with us. If you head over to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash SoapCentral and check out our events, you can upload a video, a 30-second video, with a question for your favorite soap stars. If we like your video, we will take it with us, and we will play it live on the red carpet for your favorite star and get an answer to your question right there and you'll be part of the Daytime Emmy history. So while I'm preparing for next week's show and the Daytime Emmys and all of that other craziness that I have to do, you have your homework assignment to head on over, submit your video, and, you know, it, it's going to be great fun to have you there on the red carpet because I love chatting with you. I love hearing what you have to say. And this is another way that you can be a part of the soaps and really let everybody know that you love what you see, and that you, of course, love the SoapCentral.com website. There's going to be a lot of great stuff that we've never done before, a lot of great video, a lot of great interviews. So I hope that you'll continue to check it out. And you know what? I also hope that you will check out Soap Central Live. It's every Friday. Next week, we're going to be talking about men and dating. Should be a very interesting topic. And then in two weeks, it's the Daytime Emmy Preview. So until then, you have your homework assignment. Go over and submit your videos on our Facebook page. And I'll be back here again next week waiting for you on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.